Welcome to the Cinema Rag, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. This is Gregory. I'm here with my close friend, May, and we're going to discuss the filmography of Brad Pitt, the legendary actor that is Brad Pitt, one of the last remaining movie stars that we have. May, how are you doing today? doing all right thanks how about you i'm doing well thank you for asking so let's describe brad pitt so if i say brad pitt to you what are some adjectives that you use to describe him wow i I would definitely say he's charismatic versatile um he's handsome he's a leading man he's uh He's humorous. He's quite comedic and a mm. great dramatic actor as well. Mm. When I think of him, I think of him as Americana. He is from Missouri, so he's kind of has like John Hamm and, and Paul Rudd, this kind of mid Midwest appeal. Um, of course, classically handsome. We'll talk about a couple of movies where he almost made me turn gay, even though I'm a very straight <laughs> heterosexual. Uh, classically sure. handsome. And I would say on a scale of one to 10, 10 being like Daniel Day-Lewis, I, you know, I, in terms of his acting chops, I would say that he's average, but we can talk about this another time. There's a difference between a movie star and a good actor, and you don't have to be necessarily a great actor to be a movie star. True, but I do think he has evolved and become a great actor, actually. Okay, well, we can discuss that. So Brad Pitt was born in Oklahoma, I should say. That was Missouri. I think he was raised in Missouri. But he was born in Oklahoma in 1963, so he's coming around on his uh, 59th birthday. So he's up there with his contemporary, Tom Cruise. Of course, they both did Interview with a Vampire. We'll discuss that movie soon after. But uh, they're roughly about the same age. And Mm -hmm. uh, what's the first movie you think about in terms of his his breakout because he did do some television and so forth but when you think about brad pitt thirst trap what 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 movie do you think of his first breakout movie was selma and louise and i don't care if that's dating me or not because it was such a great movie and um the, the way that he he actually uh commanded that role you know it really was impressive and is impressive to this day even and he was so young i remember it's been probably about 10 years since i've seen delman louise and uh, that's ridley scott you have susan sarandon Mm -hmm. you know gina davis and i i remember thinking like how little he is in this movie and um he's definitely sexy you can see he has that relationship with gina davis's character Uh, but looking back He's not in that movie that long at all, but you can certainly see the, the charisma that's oozing right. out of him, for sure. Exactly, and Gina Davis and he had a lot of chemistry, actually. And it's hard, I think, to have chemistry with Gina Davis, perhaps. But, but uh, you know, I might take that back, or, you know, but, but I do think Brad Pitt definitely was memorable, is memorable in that film. 
It's fascinating because if you look at his filmography, he was uh, uncredited in Costner's iconic No Way Out. I mean, talk about a movie that I would go gay for. It's Kevin Costner, No Way Out. But he's uncredited as party guest in that iconic movie. He is preppy kid at fight in Less Than Zero. Did you ever see that? Downey Jr. I, I did see Less Than Zero, and okay. I don't even remember him. Well, <laughs> oh, he's, he's uncredited as the preppy kid at fight. When I think of Less Than Zero, I think of Hazy Shade of Winter, the Bangles song. Uh, right. It's a remake. Right. It was a remake, but that, that song was in, in the soundtrack. He, it's a huge remake for the yeah. Bangles. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Then yeah. he was uh, considered, uh, he was on 21 Jump Street for an episode. He was on Growing Pains with DiCaprio. Right. Uh, and then later on, uh, he did Thumb and Louise. And then we can go to some of his, his movies after that. I mean, have you, to me, these are all like Desert Island, Two-Fisted Tales, Cool World. He plays. Uh, oh, yes. Do you remember River Runs Through It? I do. I, I remember that as being the quiet film <laughs> that that inspired so many and I think that Robert Redford was a great co-star for him because they're both blonde and blue-eyed I believe isn't isn't Brad Pitt blue-eyed yeah yeah they're 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 a match they 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 they're definitely a match for one another and I thought it was a very beautiful Beautiful so, film. Yeah. So I have not seen this movie in a long time. To me, it is almost <laughs> like Dances with Wolves. The, I'm sorry, not Dances with Wolves. Uh, Legends of the Fall prequel, because it's outdoor, oh, yeah. it's in nature, and this mm -hmm. is young Brad Pitt. But this goes to kind of like an, an analog. I think a lot of people see Pitt as the younger Redbird. Do you agree with that? Like, if you had to give. I think connect his his image, his charisma, his looks. Would he be more early Redford? Would he be more early Brando? Would he be? Harry I think he, uh, yeah, I think you could actually say that he is the the new or was the new Redford at the time. But yeah, I think he's actually had such a such a a different filmography than Redford, though, given the times, and he's actually quite more quite uh more versatile than Redford ever was, actually. I look, I, I can't say like, prior to 1970, I can't say that I'm, a, I'm like I'm a big cinemaphile and I've seen Redford's classic movies. I think certainly if you look at Redford at his peak uh, in terms mm -hmm. of his movies in, in his 60s or even when he did Butch Cassidy and uh, right and the electric horseman i mean he was handsome and he, they looked very similar right and i think yeah rad pitt is someone and you're right he has more versatility like what he did in, in 12 monkeys and oh definitely what he and, does in snatch and, and snatch he does the cockney accent right so certainly I, again, <laughs> it did redford do that kind of did, did redford go out on the line and do kind of kooky roles like that probably not but when he right think, when I think of Pitt, I think of Redford and that they're both kind of that mid-America look, both blonde, blue-eyed, both gorgeous, both stoic, both, to me, not really relatable. I don't find either of them to be relatable, especially early Pitt. Now, we can talk about Pitt, because you know, Pitt's been in our minds now for 30 years, so we, we, we know right. Pitt well, and Back in the days of early Hollywood, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 
certainly their their image was so curated by the by the studios that you really didn't know but nowadays with social media and, and there's just so many outlets to get to know these people but i think looking at early pit as the next generation's redford is probably pretty accurate yeah i i agree and i do think it does have a lot to do with his look but um i do think Brad Pitt has really made a name for himself as a legitimate actor, you know. Of as course, of course. Right, of course. and beyond the looks, beyond the, the the handsome actor, classically handsome actor. But I was going to actually mention a film called Seven with yeah, we'll, we'll Gwyneth Paltrow. We'll, we'll, so, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, that's that, that's that, iconic. That's iconic Pitt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's get to California. Have you seen California recently? I, I, I haven't. I know I that not. he started it with Juliet Lewis's girlfriend at the time, I believe. Mm. And um, no, I, I don't have a whole lot of feedback on that film. No. Like, what is is Juliet Lewis the typecast for nubile sex pot Lolita? I mean, that's pretty much <laughs> what she is in like every early. Every well, that, that, that's a good Fear. description for her. That's yeah. a good description for her because she also did um, Cape Fear. She did the remake of Cape Fear with Robert De Niro. Yeah, I, and I, she was very good at being the Lolita-like character in that one. So yeah, sex pot Lolita, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah. we keep going on. So '94 was a seminal year. I mean, that, now we're getting to like imperial period or. The dominant period of Brad Pitt because he he yeah. takes a couple of years to get going and then you have in 94 you have Interview with the Vampire and Legends of the Paul now which of these two movies do you think I've seen more and I love more between those two I I would guess that you've seen Legends of the Fall yes. more because you I love the story I think of the three brothers yes I've loved Legends of the Fall I remember mm -hmm. I was in college I will gladly date myself and I remember seeing the, <laughs> the trailer for it, and I'm like, oh, I'm in. Anthony Hopkins, I'm in. Henry Thomas E.T., I'm in. Aiden Quinn. Aiden I'm Quinn. On. Aiden Quinn, and you, I'm in. Right, and you loved, you actually liked Julia Armand. Okay, okay. okay. Here's the hot take. You know, Hollywood gave Julia Armand like three years. And right. That's it. And that's it. She couldn't, she couldn't parlay that. Remember, she was in that horrible King Arthur movie first night where Richard Gere is Lancelot and it's yeah. uh, Sean Connery is Prince mm -hmm. it's King Arthur so mm -hmm. they gave her like this moment because they thought she was going to be the next thing like like what they're doing with with Sydney Sweeney right now I think just she's got to be the new it girl but Julia Armand is horrible in that movie Henry she Thomas is. I think is horrible in that movie too and she then, has <laughs> Who, who she has no charisma really no charisma no nothing charisma, nothing and but, there's nothing behind those eyes i have to admit no and no, i just don't know why they chose julia ramond of all women to I play think, that lead role i in think it, legends of the fall it was a big role it was it was well well casted in terms of mm -hmm. it was sent out to a lot of, of of young actresses at the time and i think she had some momentum coming from England maybe they thought she was going to be the next good period actress you know and you're right she falls flat now let's get back to Pitt now I mentioned okay. there's two movies that could turn me gay 
pet movies. This is one of them. And okay. the other one, the other one we'll get to probably in episode two. But long hair, Brad Pitt mm-hmm. is a sexy man. And I think if you compare him to, I know a lot of women will like him with short hair, like Fight Club or Seven, but there's something about the long hair Brad Pitt. And then in that movie, you know, he is the the wild son. He's the son who is tormented by spirits, travels the world. He never tells Julia Armand's character that he loves her. You know, there's that mm-hmm. rift that the brothers are all close, but then I didn't quit. If you guys have never seen it, Julia Armand is the essentially the, the bride of Henry Thomas. They're going to get married. Henry Thomas, this is not a spoiler alert given this movie came out almost 30 years ago, dies <laughs> in World War One. This movie takes place in rural Montana. So mm-hmm. the three brothers, Henry Thomas is the youngest. He decides to go fight in the war. Anthony Hopkins' dad says, don't do it, don't do it. But the other two brothers decide to go to protect him. And he goes before they before he marries Julia Armand. The night before, there's a moment where Aiden Quinn, the eldest brother, sees Brad Pitt and Tristan, right? His name is Tristan. Uh, having a moment like a consoling moment with Julia Armand and Aiden Quinn sees it as uh, Tristan is propositioning her and so there's this rift and then the rift widens of course in World War One because Tristan's sole job is to protect Henry Thomas and of course he dies in the movie and then they come back to Montana and then eventually he and Julia Armand get it on I do remember the sex scenes in Legends of the Fall. I don't know if you remember them taking a bath together, and mm-hmm. and the whole time it's like he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't love you. I can't give you what you want. And then eventually he just walks out and he travels the world and he comes back. And then you remember he marries the uh, the the Indian daughter, the daughter of the Indians that live there. And then of course she, she dies tragically. Was, my point is like this is not a Legends of the Fall. Uh, filmography podcast. So, what's mm-hmm. your take on Tristan Ludlow? What, what's your take on Brad Pitt? Legend of Ludlow? Oh no, I think he's terrific. You know, beyond the the long blonde hair that he has, I think he has so much uh, intensity in his scenes with Ormond and also with Aiden Quinn and Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. I, I used to always laugh after Hopkins' character has the stroke. And so everybody right. walks around going, rrr, rrr, Yeah. Rrr, rrr. No, I think he's he's a big component of the film, you know. He is all charisma. The film, yeah. He oozes so. that, that charm and charisma. Now, and the sexuality, of, too. Yes. It is one of my probably top six uh, Brad Pitt movies. I don't think he's yeah. like phenomenally good in it, but I just love that movie. Now, Interview with the Vampire. Interview with the Vampire, this was a humongous thing at the time. It's like, oh, Tom Cruise and Rice novel, classic novel. And mm-hmm. I saw it one time and I thought, eh, best thing about this movie is Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> well, she's a good part of it, but I, I do think Tom Cruise plays a great Lestat. And Anne Rice actually said she didn't approve of Tom Cruise initially, mm-hmm. but she later on said, yes, he, he is Lestat. So now, she, to be she fair, was impressed with Tom Cruise. I did not read the novels, so I can't mm-hmm. I can't really give a take of what, what she wanted Lestat to be. I do, I do know at the time. So this is Cruise coming off of what, The Firm and A Few Good Men. And so I could see why yeah. people would be a little skeptical that he could pull off 
uh, this character. I Again, it, it's been probably 15 years since I've seen it. I've seen it maybe twice. And I do remember watching in the theater, just kind of laughing at him in that. Kind of like if you've ever seen Rock of Ages, we'll do an episode on Tom Cruise, but like Rock of Ages is a horrible movie, but at least he gives 100% on the performance as the rock star. And <laughs> in an interview with the vampire, it's the same thing. Now, my remembrance of Brad Pitt is that he, what his character is kind of dull, right? He is just, he's not the electrifying, galvanizing figure in that movie. That's all Cruise, and then I would say Dunst. He plays kind of the straight yes. man. But he has a lot of chemistry with, with both Cruz and Dunst. Yes, yes. In different definitely. ways. Yes. So, yeah, Dunst has, do. they kind of have that father-daughter vibe going together. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh. There's a lot of that going on there. <laughs> but yeah, and, and if you want to say that you find yourself going gay for him or whatever, that would be one of the movies where where he and and Cruz actually do kind of, yeah, their characters are considered a couple at one point, I believe. (laughs) It is a a homoerotic, unintentional comedy on some level to see Pitt Pitt and And Cruz. Yeah, together. It's kind of laughable on some level because, of course, you know, the rumors that have always been circulating around uh, Tom Mm -hmm. Cruise regarding that. All right, so 97... I'm sorry, I should say 95 uh, was a great year for him, too. He had Seven and Twelve Monkeys. Seven is Fincher's breakout movie. I've seen this movie twice because I, as you know, am not a big fan of dark movies. And this movie is exceedingly dark about human nature. I do remember Spacey just being great. Pitt kind of starts as that naive young cop, and then by the end, you know, he's been corrupted. Morgan Freeman, of course, plays Morgan Freeman, the wise, sagacious black you know, man. Uh, the detective is about to retire, but I mean that that to me, that movie is spacey, spacey, spacey. The end of that movie is just riveting. But you probably have a fresher take on it than I do. Well, I mean, I have seen it maybe about three or four times, and he is perfect in the role as the as the young detective and you know he was dating Gwyneth Paltrow at the time who plays his wife yes and they have some really undeniable chemistry too and the way that he handles Spacey in the end and Morgan Freeman as well that that's just I think it's very incredible that it for me it was sort of a turning point in his career for me maybe not for you but um, well, I had to take on such a dark, dark movie like that. I think if you look at his filmography before that, he hadn't really done a role like Seven, so he he does bring a lot of emotion. And again, the end is is amazingly well acted by all of the of the of the actors in right. that movie, and he does a great job. And then you follow that up with Twelve Monkeys. I remember saying this when it came out because I love Madeline Stowe; she's one of my hunky or I should say gorgeous girls of the 90s. Um, I don't remember much of it. I just remember him being pretty goofy, right? He's a man from the future, if I'm not mistaken. Right. He, he, yeah, he's very good. And and I think that Bruce Willis also, um, of course, he's the star of the movie, but um, isn't isn't Brad Pitt also part of the, the sanitarium or the, the institution that he's 
the institute i mean that he's that he's a part of the mental no, i don't remember it's been some time i do remember him yeah um, he is part of that i think yeah and so yeah he, he he plays the part very well and yeah that year in that year 1995 i believe he does really turn it around and, and you would say himself. you could say maybe that's one of his first kind of goofy roles you could say his first well, uh, kind of like like eccentric he plays kind yeah, of eccentric definitely strange role in that Mm -hmm. All right, let's keep going here because I, I do want to get to at least the ocean movies for this first episode. Oh, okay. So we'll, we'll skip over. I do remember seeing The Devil's Own. That's where he kind of does a, a bad Irish accent. And then mm -hmm. he was in Sleepers, that kind of that movie that had a lot of famous people in it. That was kind right. of sad. I do very remember. Very depressing. Very yeah. depressing. It wasn't like sexual abuse stuff in that. Right, a lot of yeah. sexual abuse. So we go to Seven Years at Tibet. I remember seeing that in the theaters, and that was Seven Years in Boredom. Uh, I think mm -hmm. it was like one of these, I'll do a movie film, a studio film, and then you do this art house film for me. Uh, so that movie mm -hmm. isn't too memorable. But then we get to Meet Joe Black. Oh, yeah. What's your take on Meet Joe Black? I, you know, everyone thought he was so hot. Yeah. In that movie. <laughs> that's, that's the first thing that you think of when you think of Meet Joe Black. But it was also very long, mm -hmm. too long of a movie, I think. And I Claire Polani was the, the lead actress, and she was at her exactly. prime. So I, At her prime? I was like, at her moment. How many other movies yeah. did she <laughs> Claire Polani? She did like one Kevin Smith movie, and that was it. I remember, I, I don't know if you remember this, but I used to do an impersonation of Joe Black for Meet Joe Black. And oh. it was, was kind of like this. He was like, because remember, he 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 plays the he plays the devil, right? And he's he's there to take Anthony Hopkins's character on his birthday, right? And, and they're having a big party and so forth, and he falls in love with the daughter. But he yeah. talks like this. So, hello. Right. He, he uses the same Joe Black. How are right. You? His eyes are like the way they are in the interview with a vampire almost. I mean, they remind you of those eyes. He just talks really slow. And mm -hmm. oh, it's just like the, it, 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 the movie was so slow. I, I found it entertaining enough to watch it, but I think it deserves a reputation that it has as being kind of long and a little pompous. Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. I mean, it, I don't think anyone's going to put it in their top 15 filmography for Brad Pitt, aside from the way no, he No, I don't think so. I also noticed during this late 90s period of, of Pitt, like you said, we'll talk about his his uh, personal life in, in episode two, because, uh, I mean, he had a, well, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to, the, to, to, to Angela Angeli, but this is when I started noticing acne Brad Pitt. Did you ever notice acne Brad Pitt? No. He, he, there was a know. period where he had bad skin. I wouldn't say it was acne, but he had bumps on his face. He didn't have a clean complexion. By the way, let's get to 1999. So, I mean, he's finishing out the 90s with a great run. You look at Interview with the Vampire, 94, Legends, 94, 7, 95, 12 Monkeys, 95, Meet Joe Black, 98, Fight Club, 99. Fight Club mm -hmm. is a legendary movie. Uh, what's your take on Fight Club? Oh yeah, it's it's definitely one of his top movies, his top roles. Um, he's sexy in this. 
and I think his co-star Edward Norton and he are, are wonderful together, you know, as far as what they shared on screen. He's exceedingly charismatic in this movie. I mean, this is top five Brad Pitt in terms of his oh yeah his his Definitely. acting prowess and certainly his charisma and his sex appeal. This mm. movie, he does have the bad the bad skin. I don't watch this movie because again, just the way I am, I find this movie to be intensely nihilistic. This movie is a big move, a big fan favorite around around the manosphere and the MGTOW movement. Uh, you know the ending of this movie. It, it's it's a very nihilistic movie. Uh, it yeah. does have it does have some humor in it. I think Norton's great in it, and we had talked about when we saw Norton in Glass Onion how it was great to see him back in a major role, and we we like to see more Ed Norton. But um, and Helena yeah. Bottom Carter plays typical young Helena Bottom Carter. You know, Helena Bottom Carter had the the British period movement, you know, Room with a View, and and all those early movies, and then she went into like Frankenstein with Kenneth Branagh. And it's just kind of the, the weird, and and she plays the trashy weird here. Yeah, Fight Club is definitely just it's the book really is what came out first, and that that was so such a bestseller really that the movie and how they cast it was perfect. I think. Now we have two minutes left here because it's going to cut me off in two minutes. So really quickly, do you want to summarize Snatch and The Mexican? The Mexican I find to be an interesting movie because at the time, this was supposed to be a big thing, Julia Roberts and Brad Pitt in a movie. And I don't think anyone can tell you the plot of The Mexican. And everyone's well, seen is, this movie. Yeah, he is just trying to get out of his his criminalistic ways, his business because of Roberts, she wants him to get out of the business. So that's that's the main thrust of the, the plot right there. And I, I do think that they actually have a lot of good chemistry too. And that's the thing when you're when you're an actress, it's hard not to have chemistry with Brad Pitt. Right? I know. See, I would disagree. <laughs> I think in this movie, I've seen it three, four times. I think they they have very little chemistry in this movie. And this movie is more about James Gandolfini and Julie Roberts, because this is peak Sopranos, and it, this movie is a lot of Gandolfini and Roberts, and if you look at screen time, I would say that there's not as much of the of the Pitt Roberts, and I don't know, I just, I don't find this movie to be even close to top 10, and you would think, oh, this is peak Roberts and peak Pitt, 2001, and it's a dud. It's a dud. Well, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily a dud. I, I think it would be in my top 20, I guess, of this film. Yeah, but that's a shame. I, I, do, I, I do think that they have some chemistry there. All right. Well, we'll finish that up because it, it's going to cut us off here. And then we'll have to do, we'll, right. we'll, we'll do the, the 21st century Brad Pitt uh, on the, in the upcoming episode. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.